welcome back. It's JC, the You Made New podcast. We are on episode seven. I've actually had a funny morning. I have to tell you a story. I uh, have done this recording twice already. This is the third time. And I'm either flaky today or something. I hit the wrong button. I didn't hit record. So I've been talking into the microphone and it wasn't recording. So I, I did it a second time. Guys, I'm not even kidding. I did the same thing again. I'm like losing my mind. <laughs> I just have to admit that this is what you're dealing with. This is what you get today. No, it's recording. I can see it's doing it right. This is where my mind goes. The Lord must have been like, no, you needed a couple of practice rounds because you just weren't getting it. Not that this one's going to be perfect either, but oh my gosh, what a day. But I'm just diving in again. Let's go. Are, are you ready? <laughs> I uh, I have actually loved this season. I just have to say it's a little short 10 season or 10 episode little thing we're doing, but it's given me a chance to kind of create a big picture of everything we've talked about. It's like we're tying everything together and and kind of getting the big perspective of what Christ-centered health looks like. So I know a few things might be repetitive, but I've liked this chance to go, okay, here's it, here it is, like in the in a big box, like this is kind of what it feels like to me to pursue Christ-centered health. These are the traits. These are the steps. Granted, it's bigger than that. It's more individual than that, but it's been cool. So we're going to do two today, and there's a reason for that. I absolutely, for the last several days, I've been taking notes on my phone, and this morning I woke up sure that we were going to talk about fearlessness. I feel so strongly that that has to be a trait on the table. In terms of, think about how much fear that we can struggle with over our health. I mean, it's COVID, it's 2020. (laughs) Just that alone, I've seen so much fear. Um, And so many of us just completely sidelined by what's going to happen. Am I being clean enough? Is someone, if I go into that place, am I going to get it? Is my family going to get it? Is someone going to pass away? And and, and it hasn't been easy. Hard things have happened. Um, Right now, I live in Utah and right now our numbers are higher than they've ever been. They've just spiked. Our governor just had an executive order and a mask mandate. And I mean, it's, it's just becoming so much bigger than I ever dreamt that it would be at the beginning. So fear can play a huge role in sidelining our ability to find Christ-centered health, to find peace in this place. Um, Even fears about our health struggles, our food struggle. Like I, I just fear I can't ever get over this. I just worry I'll fail too many times. I fear another diagnosis. I fear, I fear, I fear. So I wanted to talk about that, but then as I began making notes, it finally dawned on me that, guys, I did a three-part series on fear in season two. It was episode four, five, and six of season two. And really, anything I would say to wrap this up and and kind of put it into this season, we'd covered. Not that I covered everything in those three episodes, and I say that, but Really, that's that's what I would say again. And so I'm just going to tell you, we had to have it on the list. I feel that strongly about it, that the closer we come to Christ and the more we surrender our health to him, we will really will experience a sense of fearlessness. He will soothe and calm and um, take away our fears and he'll teach us. It is a battle like we talk about in that series. So if this is something you're still struggling with, if, if COVID has really wrecked you too, in terms of worry and fear and anxiety, or if you're dealing with other struggles where where fear has become an element for you, I would just say if it, if you haven't listened to those three episodes or if it's been a while, 
might be time to just review that and just look back at that. So again, want to have it on the list. It's so important, but I'm not going to spend a whole episode on it because I already have. So now that that's kind of on the table, let's let's hop over to the second trait for today and spend the rest of our time on that. Um, and as you probably saw in the title, it's something that doesn't at first seem like it fits the health journey. The idea of humility, humility. It's like, okay, well, I get that that's a part of my spiritual walk. Like I know there's a million scriptures on humility and I know, I know those, I know that I need to be humble, but what does that have to do with my health or the way I eat, JC? I don't get it. Um, but trust me, let's, let's just dive in a little and see where we can go with this. I just mainly have one point that just keeps coming back to me about this and felt it strong enough that it has to be its own, its own trait. Um, I was thinking about scriptures like Matthew 18, four, humble yourselves as a little child, like um, James 4.10, humble yourselves in the strength of error in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Or Micah 6.8, what the Lord doth require, you walk humbly with thy God. All those are, those are out there. We know the directives are out there, but what does it mean for health? Let's, let's look at a definition. So we know it's important, but the definition that stuck, I didn't, honestly, I didn't like some of the definitions that were out there. Um, I didn't think they fit, but this one struck me. The definition for humility on one of the dictionaries was modest opinion of one's own importance or rank. And I would substitute in terms of health, I would substitute the words a modest opinion of one's own views, outlook, knowledge, perspective on health. My ideas of how to pursue health, of what to do, of how to eat, of how to medicate myself, how to treat health ailments, all of that. It's holding a modest opinion of my own outlook. And then definition number two that was right under that dovetails with this perfectly. So we're going to wrap the two together. The second one was a theological definition and it said for humility, a recognition of self in relation to deity and a subsequent submission to that deity. So recognizing I, my place compared to God, he is God, and a subsequent submission to him as God. I mean, that goes right with the surrender that we've been talking about, the spirit-led. He is God, not me. I want to make him God over my health. He knows a thousand million times more than me about what my body needs. And so I'm going to submit to that authority. That's humility. And that's why I have a modest opinion of my own views and outlook and knowledge, because up front, I'm acknowledging that I'm not God, that I don't know everything, and that at times, some of the revelation that I'm going to be given on what the path I need to walk may not make sense, may be irrational, may seem stupid or weird, but humility will keep me in a place where I can follow the path that he is marking out. Um, one thing that one reason, no, one example we'll use, let's do it that way, comes from 2 Kings 5. It's the story of Naaman, the Syrian um, military leader who was struck with leprosy. I'm sure you've heard the story before. It's, uh, we'll just, we'll just go over a quick couple of details. He was struggling, no help from any, any sources that he'd look to. And then one day his wife's maid who was an Israelite 
came to her and said, oh, I would, this is Second Kings 5 verse 3. She said to her mistress, would God my Lord were with the prophet that's in Samaria, for he would recover Naaman of his leprosy. He could heal him. Oh, I wish we could be where Elisha is. He could fix this. He could heal this. So long story short, throughout the chapter, Naaman hears this. He gets a letter from the king. He goes to Samaria and seeks out Elisha. And I want you to think for a minute as he is approaching Elisha's house. I'm sure he had an entourage with him. I'm sure he was coming in all his importance as a military leader, maybe trying to prove to Elisha why he deserved healing because he was somebody important. I don't know. But just, just consider how he approached. And we know kind of where his thinking was because it shows in his reaction after this encounter. So when he gets to the door, this is the craziest part about the story. Verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger unto him. The prophet didn't even honor him with his presence, didn't even come to the door. Again, this is a very important man. Didn't even show up, just sent a messenger who said to Naaman, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. Just go wash in that dirty river and you'll be fixed. They'll be gone. Now, again, what, what do you think? <laughs> we know what his reaction was. But what, just imagine what was going through his mind. I'm sure he had pictured the prophet coming out and putting on this huge display, this amazing miracle where everyone could see and just be awed over the power of the prophet and he would lay his hands on him or something. He didn't do that at all. No, none of Naaman's expectations were fulfilled. He sent a messenger, said, go wash, you'll be clean. And verse 11, Naaman was wroth. He was not happy about this. He said, behold, I thought, see here, this shows, this shows what he was thinking as he was coming to Elisha. Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Get rid of my leprosy. I thought it'd be dramatic. I thought it would be this, this, and this, and it wasn't. But then, thankfully, his servant in verse 13 says to him, you know, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee, wash and be clean? Like, um, <laughs> he encourages him to humility, right? Humility. And so Naaman does humble himself, and he goes and washes in the Jordan, and he is made clean, But again, this was a health issue. This isn't just a spiritual issue. This was a health issue. And as he sought healing from God's servant, the path was not at all what he expected. And so in his pride at first, he was unable to accept it. A modest opinion of one's own views, outlook, knowledge, perspective, recognition of self in relation to deity and submission to that deity. Do you see how Naaman, it took him a minute before he could finally go, okay, I'm going to trust. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to obey out of humility. That is what finally was the last key for him to receive his miracle, to receive his healing. He did exercise faith in going to Elisha's house to seek it out. But the, the advice he received was not what fit his paradigm. It didn't fit his expectations. And so he had to exercise humility to go, okay, okay, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I absolutely relate to that. (laughs) 
And I'm ashamed to admit it, but I have several stories of acting exactly the same way in my own health journey. One was um, when I was seeking to be healed of depression, mood swings, irritability. I thought it was a hormonal thing. I'd gone to the doctor and sought out other sources and nothing was working. And the Lord plopped a book in my lap and the answer was give up sugar. And I felt just like Naaman. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. No, that's not the answer. And I fought it like Naaman. I wasn't necessarily wroth, but I wasn't accepting it. It's like, no, I thought it was going to be a medicine or a this or a that. or I, I just thought it was going to be another answer. And the Lord said, no, trust me. It was the answer. Depression gone for 15 years now like it was. For me, I'm not saying, again, I've said this before, not everybody's answer was his direction to me. But at first I responded like Naaman. I needed humility. Um, Another example, this was actually about 10 years ago. I'm not even kidding. The Lord just kept putting people in my life that would talk to me about essential oils and how powerful they were. Now, they're actually really out there now. Like it's popular. Tons of people use oils. The companies, there's so many good options where you can buy oils. I mean, it's, it's kind of accepted, but 10 years ago, it was kind of this out there thing. It was the, per, the perception of it, at least in my mind, maybe not for some of you, but I was in that stereotypical place like this, this weird voodoo and it smells weird. And I don't know what these are. And he kept putting people in my place, different friends, different people that would pop up and say, you need to look into this. And I'd be like, no, thank you. I don't want to smell like that. Or I don't want to, that's weird. Finally, by like the third person, it's like he took a two by four and knocked me over the head and said, JC, this is me. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you this will bless your life and your family's life. I want you to listen to this. Now, again, it may not be your answer. I'm just speaking personally. This was something that became a huge blessing for my family. I had a very large family and it was such a wonderful way to treat my family without having to run to the doctor. For everything, I all of a sudden I had oils that were antibiotic and antiviral and antibacterial. And, but I was like Naaman for a while. I wasn't humble because of my own outlook was this is weird. A modest opinion. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying this of one's own views, outlook, knowledge, perspective. Um, the same is true when it comes to any health issue. How I eat how I exercise, how I medicate my family, what we do with surgery or with uh, treating ailments and injuries and um, illnesses, um, supplements to take, oils, herbals, alternative healing um, kinds of things. I work kind of in the alternative. We do acupuncture in my office and I've seen a lot of energy work. I have a massage therapist that does some energy work. I've been exposed to a lot of that and I used to be very close to it. I'm very careful. I think some of these areas you do need to be very spirit led and, but the Lord has blessed me to have bigger, a bigger view now of the many different modalities he can use. Western medicine can be very small in the box. You go to the doctor, you get a pill or you have surgery. And that's the, again, I love doctors. I'm so thankful for the ways they have blessed my life over the years. I'm so thankful for medication. Every one of my seven babies was born heavily medicated. I'm not against Western medicine, but there have been times where the Lord said, your answer isn't there. Your answer isn't there. And he led me like Naaman 
I was expecting some typical answer, doctor answer, surgery answer, whatever. He led me to some off, irrational, illogical, in my mind, answer. And yet that was exactly what I needed. It cost as much. It was easier. It was doable. It was, and it fixed the issue. So humility, humility makes us um, grounded in a place where we recognize God's ways are bigger than my ways. And even, let's take it one step further. Um, I really do believe, and we've talked about it over the seasons, there are some faith-based principles that we can ground ourselves in as we pursue our health. But I still will say to you, there is no one right way for everybody. And that's, that's the problem a little bit with our health experts and influencers and health coaches and doctors and health practitioners. Not all of them, but some will say, this is the thing that will fix everybody. Everybody go on this diet. Everybody exercise this way. Everybody take this supplement. Everybody, you know. And humility to me says, and it's what what is I've learned as a health coach working with so many different people and personalities, it may be the answer for one person, but maybe the absolute wrong answer for something else, for someone else. I don't have all the answers. How I've always done it may not be the way that you need to do it, or the way I think it that worked for me may not be someone else's path. Humility. Humility. I don't get all critical and judgmental and say, well, you know what? I've studied this enough. This is the way you do it. I I think we need to be careful. I've really been reading a lot in the real food world lately because I do believe that God created food in the state that we need to eat it. I like that. But man, the deeper I get into that, there's sometimes a lack of humility. Like this is the only way to do grains or the only or absolutely gluten will kill you or there's just so much dogma and and that even though some of it may bless some, it may not be the answer for someone else. And there's a humility in that God has created each of our bodies differently. Our answers will all be different. It was interesting. I, again, looking on some of those holistic sites from, and these are mamas and women that feed their families very pure, clean diet. I, I, I did not raise my kids that way. I didn't. <laughs> start my journey until the kids were well into teenage years. And so it took a while to shift because they were already well set in their ways. And so was I, but these mamas, I mean, very, very clean. And and I was reading some of the comments and I was on a site about grains. I was looking into some things with bread and gluten and all that whole debate. And then some moms got talking, some women um, about their families, feeding their families and, one shared a story that really fit this for me. She was talking about how hard she she tries to feed her, her family well, but she was pleading with the Lord. I can't remember this circumstances. It was something about they they needed some breakfast ideas and they were running out of money. Things were really tight. She was really frustrated and she began to ask the Lord for help. And she said on this, on this um, site, and forgive me, I was on so many that day. I can't remember which one it was, but she said, someone knocked on my door and gave me a whole bunch of extra boxes left over it from church of cold cereal. <laughs> and she said, talk about humility. Like she's a health guru mama. Like that's stuff she would never let her kids ever touch. And yet God had provided that at her doorstep. And I think sometimes he makes sure that we're not making our knowledge our God or our outlook or our perspective our God. He is God. And what he provides 
at times may not be how we think he's going to work. But humility in all of it, whatever we're seeking. I just hit my microphone. If we have humility, do you see why this has to be a piece of our top 10? Because we can have all the other things in place, but then he presents something like he did with Naaman and we just back right off of it again. Go, wait, wait, I didn't read that on the internet. (laughs) My doctor said the opposite of that, or he told me if I go off that medication, I would die. And the revelation was saying, go off that medication. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we've got to, in our humility, give him room to be God and submit to his authority in our humility and, and know that, you know what, I can learn some things, I can study some things, I can even, as a health coach, offer some things. But I'm telling you right now, in a year, I may record something and say, guess what, guys, I was totally wrong. I believe this with my whole heart, and the Lord has helped me see it in a new way. And that's what the journey looks like for me, an openness. And an, I'm not clinging too tight to ideas, even things that have worked for me. I, I have an openness that your path may be different, that the advice he gives in each instance may be different. And then I've got to be humble enough to accept um, any path that he begins to gently lead me down. Now, the last idea, and I know my time is gone, but I really will say, even though my examples from my own personal life were like of what not to do, like I was naming over and over where I was kind of digging in my heels and arguing with God about (laughs) now, Again, if that's your story too, if sometimes you're struggling with some of the promptings that you are feeling, like we're human. He is long-suffering and merciful. He knows the culture we've been raised in and the ideas that we have been taught to believe that are true. And sometimes it does take a a while to turn the corner and to humble ourselves and embrace a new way of looking of of things in the health arena. And that's, that's okay. I think he even has grace for us with that. He will be patient until we can, through his help, get to the point where we can accept maybe new and different ideas or different advice. I, I hope this was was speaking to you today. Um, I would love to have you just spend this week looking at both fearlessness and humility, taking the time to really ponder and see if there are any ways a lack of those two things have kept you stuck in a place in your health where the Lord is trying to encourage you to move to a place of fearlessness or to move to a new place that will take some humility, that maybe it's time to put those two traits into practice so that he can continue to move you down the road to where you need to be. Thanks for joining me. I hope that um, your journey is beginning to take shape and that you're well on your way to true, truly understanding a sense of Christ-centered health. Have a great week.